Hello guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the fifth part. If you've if you've lasted this long, this is the fifth of our year in review podcast. Thank you for listening to the rest. Apologies for how messy they got. Um yeah, it was a lot of fun. If this is the first one that you're listening to for some reason, I sat down with my friends Chris Glasson and Stuart Whiffin, and we were gonna do a podcast or two going month by month reviewing events of the year. And it turned into five podcasts because we were drinking while we were doing it. So by the end, we were quite drunk. Chris, actually, I spoke to the next day and he has no memory of anything that we discussed in this last podcast. So episode five, he's forgotten completely. But so again, there's kind of a warning there (laughs) that this isn't the typical high standard of podcast. We're going to be a bit drunk and we're just going to be talking nonsense. But there was one thing in our drunk mess that we didn't get to address that's happened towards the end of this year that I wanted to just tag on and add here. Um, For the first time in something like 10 years, if not more, we now have a British world heavyweight boxing champion. Um, After the Klitschko's have dominated for so long, we have our first, um, in, in many, many years, we have our first British world heavyweight boxing champion. And I would like to go on record right now um, and say, fuck Tyson Fury, the new world heavyweight champion, and fuck everything he stands for. Um, it's bizarre to me. It's 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 bizarre that i mean i don't i'm recording this um in december so as we did the podcasts um i wanted to get in here while it's still fresh and angry to me um it's bizarre he's up for sports personality of the year he for those who don't know tyson fury has been a very outspoken and outlandish character for a long time but one of the things he's been talking about recently um in his newfound um a, a religious missions is the potential end times that are on their way um and he feels the recent wars and and tragedies all over the world are that beginning um and end times will truly come upon us when we legalize pedophilia um which again it's uh, you're probably thinking are you angry at someone for being against the legalization of pedophilia that's that, that that's not what i'm saying he's saying at some point, we will legalise paedophilia, and that will be the third thing that brings the end times. The first two, he says boldly, are the legalisation of abortion and the legalisation of gay marriage. Um, and he states that these are two um, essentially abominations of modern society that are causing the end times and are going to bring hell on earth. Um, fuck that guy. Um, completely, wholeheartedly. Uh, number one, just in general... Um, him speaking out against uh, anything that's a, a woman's choice to do with her body, but even more so speaking out against homosexuality, which again is women or men's choices to do what they want with their own bodies is bullshit. But to then pair that in with paedophilia and put them on the same a, a, a level he went on to say it may sound crazy the idea of the legalization of paedophilia but 50 or 60 years ago it would have sounded equally crazy to talk of the the legalization of abortion or of homosexuality that's his words so he's putting these three things together in a basket and that is our new world champion fuck that guy and again i i i i, I understand the excitement of a british champion um i watched the fight and i, I mean i, I can't even i, I want to say um you know his his beliefs aside fair play but that was one of the most boring fights i've ever seen in my 
fucking life. And he's an awkward fighter. I don't think he's a great technician or master. I think he's a very awkward size, an awkward fighter. Um, I want to be clear. He would kick the shit out of me in a heartbeat. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't even be a contest. I'm not making any claims here. He would destroy me. Um, but then I'd give him a little peck on the cheek and it'd all be okay. Um, but yeah, you, you know, cause there's always that argument of, of Floyd Mayweather, n- notorious piece of shit, a, a woman beater. Um, unforgivable unforgivable his actions his his the things he's he said about this the charges that have come against him for beating a women but you can say if you remove that there's still or even with that there's no denying that in the ring he is an absolute technician he's possibly the best technical boxer of all time particularly his or particularly when it comes to footwork his 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 punching technique and angles his ability to avoid taking that damage there's no denying he's next level um but I can't even say those nice things about Tyson Fury as he kind of lumbers about with his again he's 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 got he's got range he's got height he's tough but um yeah we were we we that was on my list of things to talk about along I mean we missed tons of stuff in this talk because we got so drunk but we didn't get around to talking about that and I wanted to get that in now um that's bullshit I ain't I ain't celebrating that um I I, I did feel the excitement of of the of Klitschko f- finally being overturned, he's dominated for a long time. He's not been the most exciting of champions. It's kind of, but he's, but again, again, no doubt, his technical, his range, everything, his 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 conditioning, um, a true champion. But yeah, um, so that's what I kind of wanted to quickly have a little mention of there. Um, yeah, I, I understand the excitement because it was exciting to see. It was a big shock, particularly when there's the gif going round of of one of Tyson Fury's fights where he throws an uppercut and punches himself in the face. Um, share that more. I mean, get sh- sharing on that. That's worth sharing. Um, but yeah, I can't get past his, his ridiculous views on, 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 on homosexuality and abortion. So I, I cannot be celebrating that champion of the world. I don't see him as a champion of the world. I see him as a guy that lumbered his way through a match at the, um, what would be arguably the weakest point in heavyweight boxing history. There's been a long time since there was an exciting champion. I can't wait for Anthony Joshua, the the boy, to come out and get to the point where he gets to batter Tyson Fury and um, have a respectable and intelligent and articulate, skillful, athletic champion at the top there. So, yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to get in loads of shit for this. And again, make no mistake, I I, I don't feel in any way that there would be even a competition between me and Mr. Fury. If he chose to, he would come and beat the shit out of me. But um, there's a line from Itch, previous podcast guest of King Blues, that I'm actually stealing from him. I don't know if I've told him. I can't remember if I mentioned it on the the podcast when he was on, but I'm I'm going to credit him but i'm stealing for a song i'm writing and it just said integrity is what black eyes are made for fuck tyson fury and his homophobic views i don't i don't know i'm I'm gonna keep going um i i can't even i mean people say oh it's it's religious belief it's basis i don't care about that there's I don't believe in that religious blanket of of, of unaccountability. Um, I mean, if you're going to speak of Christianity and, and, and Catholicism and a blanket of unaccountability when you're breathing the words paedophilia, then you're walking down. You know, you're on you're 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 on shaky ground there, Sh- shakier ground than those those tree trunks, uh, uh, legs that he uh, he Frankenstein's around the ring in um, on. Um, 
yeah, you can't. I, I don't. I, I don't agree with that as an excuse. I don't agree with that as an excuse for the um, the bombings and killings um, of, of, of by Muslims recently. I do believe that there's so much in the Muslim faith that is absolutely applaudable and wonderful, and I think is great. But there are parts of it like that that. I don't think just you can get away with, oh, it's a different religion, it's a different culture. And similarly here, there's points of Christianity and Catholicism that I think are amazing. And, and, and truly, they inspire a lot of people. You know, I'm not against that in any way, but I am against the sections of it that are an excuse to be a bigoted caveman. So yeah, <sighs> we're going to l- lighten up now and get into the podcast. So enjoy part five of the, uh, of the Distraction Pieces podcast year in review. Cheers. I'm rolling now, so stop stop talking <laughs> aggressively. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the fifth of our year review, uh, where we're getting increasingly more drunk, um, and all function and structure has gone out the window. I'm pretty sure in the last one I didn't give a moment for the music to kick in, did I? Why don't, Possibly, you, play, why don't you play music, man? Possibly not in the yeah, last man, what, two. What, what I mean, I'm playing? gonna. What is it? I mean, I'm gonna do it. No, just the theme music. Have you ever no, noticed no, what, when what you listen you to it back? I don't know if you listen to your own podcast back all the time, mate. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the level of like, uh, like uh, I'm gonna get told off now by the producer. Uh, but when the introduction music starts, yeah, it's really loud. Is it really mm. loud? Well, that complaint has been filed. Okay, and we'll uh, and we'll take it from there. In fact. L- uh, let's hear it now and see if it's loud. All right. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. That wasn't that loud, mate. That wasn't quite that loud. loud. I'm joined again by Chris Glasson and Stuart. A whiffing right. for the fifth of our increasingly drunk uh, year in review. Um, Stu basically told oh, his wife I was coming God. over to do a podcast. It'd probably be an hour or two. We're on our fifth hour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's going to get messy. At some point, someone's going to come and complain. Um, shall we just continue mm. on with it? Because we've got Back October in. and November. We've not really got December because we're two days into December at the moment. No, exactly, but we can talk about what's going to happen. We can talk about what's to come, exactly. Holidays Um, are coming. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. Um, That is a fact. Um, October. Chris, would you like podcasts, films, or fights? I want films. Films. Let's Let's go with films. Did you you see The Martian? Oh, yeah. Did you? No. It's really good. We don't need to talk. I've, again, I've, I should have explained this at the start. I've, I've made a list of things. There's the off, stuff we have to skip. Why that? Hold on. Right. So what else happened? What, what other movies came There's out? There's more, you know, but if you so. want to talk more about The Martian, let's talk about it. I and then I'll list the other ones. Because, because he, was in, he was in um, Interstellar, Interstellar, right? and he was on a planet then, and it's going to be confusing. It's a no, different it's, film. I'm, I'm not saying it was confusing. That's, don't get me wrong. Don't right. get me wrong. No, twisted. I thought exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's really good. Okay. It, for me, it made Matt Damon just stand out as he's a fucking superstar, that. Did, did it take until this film for you to realise that? Yeah, to bang really a, see him just, just stand on his own. I think the Bourne films not, were not amazing. The Bourne films, I, I think, think they're, they're great. Okay. I think Good Will Hunting and all that is yeah. great. But um, yeah, I thought that was an absolute. It was a cracker. Legend. Did you see Legend yeah, with Tom Hardy I playing love, both? I love both the craze. Yeah, yeah. I watched that one. 
We're going to make some comments. Um, Startup, I loved, but for the first half hour, I was like, is this a joke? Because he felt, it felt so much that he was playing Tom Hardy and Bronson. Yeah. Like, to the point where he's, he's yeah, putting his yeah, oil yeah, on to yeah, fight yeah, the guys yeah. and going, come on, like, such a Bronson voice. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. seriously, is this just Bronson? But yeah. they're not naming Bronson. But yeah, then, yeah, as the yeah. film went on, he showed great depth and great yeah. d- development. And I was completely on board. But yeah, that was my initial. I was like, hang on, what's going on here? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really good. But the tape blew me away because it was one of the ones I realised as well that Tom Hardy, just the balls to go into audition and go, I think the way this character talks is going to be like this. And just talking like, and just talking ridiculous. Like, oh, you fucking, where are you from? Oh, he's so good. Where are you from? He's fucking And for legend, that's why, sorry, she was about to say something, but I'm going to carry on talking. Yeah. Is that, it's addictive watching. I sat through legend and I didn't even break down the possibility that he's playing two separate roles. It wasn't was like it wasn't like me. double impact. A few, a few of the and reviews I'm like going, said, oh, "How are they doing these mirror things?" That's I was it. like, "Wow!" A I'm f- just a few of the big reviews said Tom Hardy's performance takes away from the story and the and the telling of the crazy story. I didn't think that at all. I had two moments where I thought, and not in a negative or shocking way, just like that's amazing that that's him playing both. Like the fight scene, obviously, where it has to be quite broken up. There was was literally two points. Where I was like. God, that's good, isn't it? The rest of the time, I was like, "That's that's the craze. That's 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 great." Yeah. And I thought everyone was was fantastic in it. I thought the girl was in it, a, a, a Sam Spurrer, who was then in Vast Executioner with me, yeah. which he blew me away. And that he was the guy that gets cut, and he's kind of a double crossing him. But I thought, yeah, everyone was absolutely amazing in that. It was. I just have a little bit of a thing about all these gangster movies that. Um, you know, we, we, we you call it legend. We're talking about the craze here, and everyone's always perpetuating this thing about how oh, it's fucking legend. But yeah. do you do you know? Like I, I hear things about. I, I hear from from where we come from. I hear the arse end of the craze. I hear mm. I hear the effects of that to people. Yeah, or round our way from from, from Essex rough. into London. I mean, everyone's I got hear, crazy I hear stories. Stories that aren't. You know, aren't they're, they're they're not out of line of of legend. Yeah, they are just. Yeah, hold on. Just yeah. don't film it like that and film the realities of some of the brutality. They love their mum, though, Chris. They <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the, the classic of gangsters, of Cockney gangsters. They love their mum, though. Oh, I love, I their, love mom. their mum, mate. She's making a cup mom. of tea, making a cup of tea, but you're cutting someone up. Um, I, I really rate the woman that was in the take that was also in um, Fish Tank. Yes, um, I agree. I, I, I think she's in EastEnders, I don't watch any soaps or was in I'm not Enders. sure but she, she, she was in both of them and I thought yeah. she was absolutely amazing yeah. I remember the reason I watched Fist Tank was largely for her then yeah. realised it was all based in Tilbury yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Fassbender and all yeah. yeah but yeah I think she's fantastic yeah, as well brilliant. just really engaging and really yeah, believable yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah 
I yeah, I agree completely. The other film I've got noted is Super Bob. I've been trying to push everyone to watch that. You've not called right yet, go right? at me. You, you're, but the thing is, I can't like, watch it without without without. Um, I, I've seen it for. I haven't rented it yet. You should I don't rent it. Not, I don't want to rent pay, it. It's, it's available it on demand. But genuinely, I mean, I know the people involved, but genuinely, it's been been one of my films of the year. And it's that thing when you when you're super famous like I am, um, you've got a lot of friends who are doing. Films and stuff, not really. No, but no, but you, you. Sorry, you, it took us a while to realise. No, that joke. was a joke. Um, no, it, it's that awkward thing of so when can I have a beer, please? Uh, when someone you know has got a film, or even just mates with music or mm-hmm, anything else, mm-hmm. there's that awkward moment of, oh god, I hope it's not shit. And yeah, it was a similar yeah, yeah. thing on this. I know they'd worked on it for ages. Yeah. I was like, God, I hope this is good. And then it came out, and it was just it's one of my favourite things of the year. So mm-hmm. I recommend that hugely. Um, should we get on to some podcasts? Yes. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. catch the Tom Robinson one? No. Why have you chosen pretty much every one of the ones I ever listened to? Because you ain't listened to them. The only difference is, I've been honest about we, it. We haven't mentioned the Gal Porter one. What month Yeah, that? I skipped that. That was... Uh, I, I, sh- I should have got into that. That was the, a couple of months ago. That was... I was away, but damn, how far ago did I miss that? We got distracted. Yeah. Hey, let's talk June. about Gal Porter then. No, let's talk she's about the a, girl. She's the a girl. honey. Let's go get into that. Come on. Paul one, because that was the, that and the Eddie Temple Morris one. And weirdly, the Tom Robinson one yeah. have been the three that have really had people, like, have been shared the most. Yeah. That people have gone, it's not the people have been the most famous on there, but yeah. people have gone, wow, this is amazing. And Tom Robinson, the, the reason for that one being a massive sharer was he was just so open. And Tom Robinson, if you don't know, was a musician in, in the 70s um, and was a big gay rights activist had um, a song called Glad to be Gay which was was, was huge but was banned and was this it, it was, a, was a massive deal but the thing that blew me away on that and I've mentioned it numerous times now is just talking to him when he realised he was gay in the 60s not only I mean anyone even even now it's far more accepted but now it's a big deal I'd imagine growing up to come to terms with the idea that you're gay mm-hmm. with how it might be taken or the fact yeah. that in school still you're oh he's gay and just you know it'll be an insult yep. when he realised he was gay it was illegal and that's, that's just mind blowing that so to scary me. because that's that so is, hard to take you, in you, you come into terms with something that is part of your nature which yeah. the, the rest of the planet is like the things that I've always discovered that are illegal are, are things that are just just things that you take on for fun yeah. not, not not something that's inherently, it's inherently the in core you. of me yeah and it's, it's fascinating as well because it's weird because it's I wasn't reading this in some old text or talking to some dottery old man I was talking to a guy who's perfectly articulate and has a great show on Six Music and all this as a, as a I just had a new album out that's smashing it and when he realised he was like so it's not this generations and generations and generations in the past it's like this is in such recent history that in England it was illegal to be gay and, and it was meant to be I mean it's I mean I think this one has taken the record but that one was where it was meant to be a one episode and it ended up as two like four yeah. three hour yeah, time yeah, yeah, in total yeah, yeah. just really just went there and yeah what a fascinating and a, and a crazy thing and weirdly he then had a second bout of this kind of this same kind of issue and confrontation when he met his wife and you know after wow. being such wow. a gay yeah, rights yeah, activist yeah, yeah. he met a woman and fell in love with her and then after have this huge thing of oh shit I've got to come in again yeah. in the, the, the great thing that we discussed and what I've always believed as well is he realised that 
there's we're too we're too we put too much impetus on on labels. He was like, I wasn't gay or straight or bi. I was attracted. I fell in the first person he was sexually attracted to was a guy. He fell in love with a boy. Then he was gay because that was the label. Mm-hmm. And then he happened to fall in love with a woman. Does that mean he's switched to straight yeah. now, or is he bi? And it's like, no, these are just the people he's fallen in love with. So yeah, it was a fascinating one. But the Gail Porter one, as you said, was yeah. a two-parter in the end. And wow, the first part just being real, talking of her fascinating and bizarre career, going from TV presenter to yeah, yeah, yeah. having her naked, yeah, naked body on the side of Big Ben, place. or yeah. the, the 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 tower that has Big Ben in it. Yeah. I know pedals so big ben's actually the the, yeah. the, the bell um and then but then part two was the one that really got everyone's attention and got reported on the bbc and all sorts because she spoke so openly about her depression and when she was committed under the mental health act yeah. and all the things she's been through and I, I literally literally since then and that was in i think we just looked and it was in june yeah i haven't had a week where i've not had a tweet about the gail porter episode <laughs> since then. not a single week not a single week of people who've just listened to it and gone wow yeah absolutely amazing I was transfixed by that I thought it was it was fantastic Um, and another one that week or that month was Akala and this is interesting because did you and me see Akala years ago Akala 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 the 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 rapper you're not familiar with me the brother of Miss Dynamite he's he's good it was a weird one because years and years ago and I did mention this to him on the podcast I saw him supporting Saul Williams and Right, okay. He had a particular song that I didn't rate and I didn't enjoy it and it kind of numbed me to him for a long time. So whilst I've grown to like him, I went into this podcast still a little bit, "Ah, it might be good, it might not. And he's one of the most articulate and intelligent and well-read and well-informed people I've ever had on the podcast. It was absolutely amazing. A real, yeah, a real contrast to to the rambling shit that we're putting out now. (laughs) 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 But um, yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, I recommend... That one. Uh, Shall we go on to some fight talk? Why not? Cormier v Gus. Amazing. So Daniel Cormier against Alexander Gustafsson. And what a... It was a hell of a scrap. It made me feel so sad for Alexander Gustafsson because he's now been in probably two of the best and closest contended light heavyweight fights in the history of mixed martial arts. And he's been on the losing end of both he was on the loser on both. But still, what a battle, right? Amazing. Um... I personally thought he beat John Jones. Yeah. Um, and my brother, I thought, <clears throat> I thought that. I scored Jones as winning th- three rounds and yeah. just, just sneaking it. But yeah, I could completely see it going the other yeah, way as well. Yeah. Um, it was, I think, my mentality, there's that whole classic thing from boxing of you've got to beat the champ. So if it's a close one, you kind of go, well, it's the yeah, champ. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. If, if it's not a real strong, you've got to beat the champ. You get that slight. But again, it was it was, it was was down close. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just got it. Um, I, I, I thought it was. I, I do think it was a really good fight. Um, Amazing. It, it, it was nice to see Cormier gracious. In the, you know when he won. Yeah. Um, I'm saying, man, I've just I've been in a war. Yeah, this was a yeah, war yeah, out yeah. here. Um, yeah, he, 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 I kind of warmed him a little bit after that. But um, yeah, I don't know what's next for Gus. Um, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? He's 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 fought and he's fought and lost to all three of the top guys because of the. The Rumble Johnson as well. It's like really, however that triangle now because because Rumble, if he gets past Bader, should be next in line for the title. But Jones yeah. is back, so yeah. ha- however that triangle sorts itself out, they've all beaten Gus. So it's yeah. a 
It's a tough one. He's kind of it's a yeah. fucking tough division. It is. It it's is amazing. Strike. There's great fighters in that division. And another person yeah. who had his his um, his debut and got a lot of attention. People are referring to him as Dana's Dana's boy or Dana's son because he was found on the the YouTube yeah, reality yeah, show yeah, that Dana's yeah. doing. And Chris hasn't been impressed by his backflip skills. Sage Northcutt, man, who just came in and smashed it. Number one, he looks like. He's been drawn for a teen magazine. Like, he's blonde, <laughs> handsome, toned as fuck. He's like I haven't, 19. I haven't, I haven't got past it yet. I, like, like, I imagine he's in a, a great fight. His but, fight was amazing, but, and then his flips were fantastic. But, but when I was saying about my favourite WhatsApp group this year, my yeah. favourite comment of all year is Stuart, when he called, uh, you know, you were, you were hyping him up, Pip. Yeah. Oh, man, check this guy out, check these front flips. Mm, da, yada, yada, yada. Pip was like, oh, yeah, all good, but he looks like a 90s boy band dick licker. I mean, that's aggressive. But, yeah, he does. I mean, but... He's he a, looks like he's straight out of Backstreet Boys. Oh, like, come on, man. There's nothing wrong with licking dick. Uh, but he, but he, he looked like a 90s boy band dick licker. It's great. It's true. He, um, yeah, he... He, he, he's, 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 yeah. Uh, his fight was fucking great. His fight was great, and he looks uh, great, and... This is, kind of, this is kind of annoying. This is kind of annoying, and we'll get on to it because we're recording these at the beginning of December. By the time this one goes out, we will have had four of the best fight cards ever. Yeah, and we'll get on to them them yep. later. But they're all in December and then the beginning of January. So we'll yep. get on to them them later. But Sage Northcutt is on that because he's fighting on the undercard of Paige Van Sant. Um, who's also the kind of the female version of yeah, him of the pretty yeah, yeah. toned, you know, smashing it. I can't think of who he's, he's fighting. I don't think he's anyone particularly known, but it's his second fight. It's she's of, fighting Rose now, isn't she? She's fighting Rose, and that's a hell of a, and not a, hell of a scrap. But we'll get to that, because mm-hmm. that's in our, our looking forward. Oh, okay. um, I'm going to end October with, it was the end of filming on The Bastard Executioner, um, and the last day of filming was my favourite day, because I did get to, as said, ride a horse along a beach, and then spend the rest of the day just having fights on a beach, like with swords and attacking people. And s- spoiler alert: if you're not watching it, or I won't say if he lives or dies. But mm. as we've said, Ed Sheeran is also in this in this TV yeah. series. Yeah. And I got the script through, and the scripts were kind of always changing, and updating. And I got the script through, and I'd done I'd done my scenes which have dialogue, and I, I, was, I was looking through to see if I had any, any more dialogue, and I didn't. And then I said, "Oh, that, oh, there's there's my character, Aiden." And it was like, um, Aiden or Cormac, which is Ed Sheeran's character, fights off these guys. Then Aiden um, ducks and slices Cormac's stomach open. And I was like, I get to cut open Ed Sheeran. I was like, man, that's a good, that's a good day. And I love Ed. Ed's going to be on the podcast soon. Bag of quavers. Ed's going to be on the podcast at some point, and he's he's a lovely kid. But as soon as I got it, I was like, that's just. That's brilliant writing. That's so simple because you could, like, like any of the characters could have had, you know, catch someone. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. fact that my fan base probably aren't into Ed and Ed's fan base, you know, are we happen to be the two musicians? Just, mm. just, just, I was yeah, so yeah. happy about yeah, that. That yeah, was perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I got pretty, to cut that's Ed pretty open cool, man. and then come home. And I bet Ed found that pretty cool as well. I imagine <laughs> we he were, really enjoyed we that We were messaging shit. each other as soon as yeah, the script came through. That, like, oh my God, this is the best. I reckon he thought that was pretty cool. Respect, yeah. respect him. Yeah. yeah. He literally said to me, it could have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it didn't. That's a Richard Herring gag from the, uh-huh. the previous podcast. It's gone to November. Um, Richard here. Podcasts. It went a bit mental. I had Adam Buxton on. 
which is probably it was weird because I went on Adam Buxton's podcast and he came on mine and me going on his might have been the biggest bump that, that we've had this year or, or November was the biggest podcast month I've ever had downloads wise and everything else because we had Adam Buxton wow and then I had the live one where it was a two parter and I interviewed Keith um, who's a mega fan who's yep. been to s- s- 70 shows we spent, holy shit I know Keith I interviewed him on stage and we ended up t- t- talking a lot about canals because he lives on a boat um, and then I did fan questions and then the next week I had former WWF heavyweight champion of the world Chris Jericho mm-hmm. which was mind blowing um, I've now gone on his podcast and that's coming out in the new year Talk is, is Jericho and then I had a two parter with Kurt, Kurt Sutter who wrote The Bass Executioner and Sons of Anarchy and all of that. So I know they're all news, so you probably wouldn't have caught up on them. We're doing this, as said, we're doing this at the beginning. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to catch up have on all those... Have you not caught up, Chris? Have no, you not caught up on the first... I haven't had a chance to catch up on all those great I've podcasts. Ju- I've just got to catch up on the last 17. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll just, I'll just catch up at some point. But, um, wow, can I just say yeah, about... Um, because of all these people that you've just talked about, yeah. you got your, your, your fan who's seen, what, 70 gigs yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like... I was your the first person at your gig outside yeah. Desert Island. Yeah, and I remember seeing Keith a few in, not not a few in, but a little way in. Yeah, and then repeat seeing the dude. That's the dude who looks like he you, started right? to look. I'm, I'm all like me, and I talk about this on the this podcast. This is interesting. Kind of, as someone who watches, watches Pitt develop as an artist yeah, once, and watching a guy who looks like him go to his gigs. That was and we and initially again. I talk about this, but. But initially there was a bit of kind of panic of like, this dude's, he, he bought a redshift cap and mm-hmm. I wore, I wore mm-hmm. redshift caps to the point he was like, I'm yeah, just man. your biggest fan, Alan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, 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 you had that fear of that. But then the thing that broke that fear is I went to see Public Enemy play It Takes a Nation of Millions in order at Brixton Academy, which just FYI, that's fucking amazing. Keith was there a big clock Because <laughs> you think of, you think of any... You on me, Keith. But you think of any gig, and when the big songs come, the crowd go mental, obviously, but everyone's also a bit tired. They had to start with Bring the Noise, because that's the first song on a record. So I've never seen a crowd go more mental. A crowd full of energy are waiting for this. But I saw Keith in the crowd, and it's not something I tweeted about. So I saw that and thought, oh, shit, he's just a fan of hip-hop. He's just a fan of hip-hop gigs, and he goes to a lot of shows. That kind of, that relaxed me instantly. But yeah, he was a lot of fun to have on there but speaking of Public Enemy have you seen you might not have caught this because it only happened the last couple of days yes, there's, a, there's a brilliant the, the guy a, in a the photo. car yeah amazing is it in, in, in Sheffield yeah a guy who's a photographer like a middle aged guy had to give he gave Public Enemy a lift to their gig in his like no mate. full it's like a fucking Mondeo or in something a, in a Mazda or something he's he's just, like, he just took a little selfie like and I think Chuck's in the front isn't he Chuck isn't in the front Chuck and and, Flav. and Flavor Flavor in yeah. the back and then the, 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 the one of their crews in the front and there's yeah. another one in the back because they've been doing this signing <laughs> and it's mental because like, they've been doing this signing it overrun and the cab dad booked had left and they asked around and he was like I'll give you a lift so then the management are panicking because they were supporting the prodigy yeah. in, in, in Sheffield and um the management are panicking and they, they literally, he pulled up in his cheap little car and said to security, I've got the band and they were like, like, what are you talking about? And then Chuck D winds down the window and he's like, yeah, 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 here's my, here's my pass. And he got on stage like 15 minutes no, before no. their stage time. Genius. But just the selfie, the story's cool. all right, the selfie itself is, is yeah. genius. It's a, 
It's a beautiful sight. I loved it. Um, let's get on to some heavy stuff quickly before we get on to more MMA. But, well, basically, Chris, let's me and you go through our little our weekend away together. Because that leads um, into it. So we had a little weekend away together. Yeah. So we went up to Sunderland to go to Holy Smokes, which is Man, barbecue. Holy Smokes was in, good. Amazing restaurant. Basically, the story was I needed to be in Leeds the next day reasonably early. So I thought, I'll go somewhere north. And I'd been saying I'd go to that, mm. that place because Instagram, their pictures of their food is amazing. So we went to Holy Smokes and that was good. I needed to do fuck all for the weekend. Yeah, So you yeah. invited me for I that. just organised, I was like, just come with me. You can, can be my forever plus one oh man you can yeah. be my ride or die yeah um <laughs> <laughs> so so we went that and then the next day was the friday and we went i was i'd been a judge of the british comedy award comic oh, award yeah. so in and not comedy so comic books yeah, comics. so so we went to that show. and then we had some food comics and the comics were fantastic the winner um, which was was my favourite called was called a, a motherless oven. Motherless oven. There was another one in there called Strip, which was my uh-huh. personal favourite of the whole lot. So Strip I recommend them both. <clears throat> All of them were fantastic though, and I recommend you look up the British. A comic awards and and look at what all the nominations are. Yeah, because also how that's run. I think if you it's if beautiful. if you if you watch um, Pip's podcast, you're a fan of what he does, or you're yeah. a fan who finds anything he does interesting, and you like comics. Follow follow the British Comedy Awards, man. They they've done a lot. They've, this yeah. isn't the first year they've done it either. Yeah, it's great. And he, uh, the guy we met, he busts his balls to make that happen. Yeah, really. And good. some really cool shit has happened off the back of it as well. That's has helped um, not just comics, graphic artists, yeah. or, or novelists. They've they've actually gone into schools and and helped people and their creative sides write comics, do yeah, generate interesting completely. stories. They have a a youth, a, a children's comic book award each year that's voted for by children, and this year I think was the fourth year. And one of the comics nominated, I think, was made by the judges from four years ago. So these kids that have got a little bit older have made their own oh, wow. comic, and it's it's, it's amazing, it's yeah, inspirational. So cool. But we left the comic awards and we went out to some food, and that was good. We had big burgers, and then we headed back to the hotel and kind of. I've crashed out a little bit. We kind of you, you, you were half keeping an eye on what was going on in Paris. I, yeah, I was aware, but kind of ignoring it a bit of kind of that avoidance of the grief porn thing. I, I've always hated it on Facebook when a tragedy happens when people are like, "Here, look at this video." Yeah, of I some think graphic so. stuff that's I think, unnecessary. I think, and... I think whatever I was watching um, online on my phone, I was keeping up to date with. I put on the TV and then I started watching it and as 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 I, I about finished my conclusions on about how sad that was and yeah. dozed off, I think you switched onto it and yeah, it was it was it was sad straight away. Like the the the, the reports I was seeing is I don't know like panic of friends who who like um, Eagles of Death Metal. I know that yeah. sounds like a, a stupid yeah. thing to say, but, but you never know. We've got mates out. We've got mates who love that who travel for it. Yeah? Well, again, I mean, it was a weird one. I didn't mention it <coughs> until the next day, but yeah. I've, I had a mate in Paris at the time who I kind of text saying, "Are you right?" I didn't hear anything back until midway through the next next days. As, as there was a lot of that time going, "Oh shit, what's what's kind of this? This is mm. this is this is real. This is a." Yeah, this is real people and real involvement, and yeah, it was just a, a horrific thing of the a, a, of attacking just the enjoyment and positivity of again. It's seeing the the music as as against the religion in some way, or the drinking and the the, the wearing 
skimpy clothes or whatever is mm. all being against against the the belief there. But again, it's another one as we started on episode one with a Charlie Hebdo. The fact that people continued to just get on with their lives and continued and did some amazing and powerful and moving things of just of just of just getting on with it. It's it's a weird one because. I think a lot of people are saying, why France or why Paris? And it's weird because more obvious targets would be America or the UK, but we're both islands that it's really hard to get stuff into, whereas Paris is on mainland Europe where it's that bit easier yeah, to get stuff also, through. Yeah, but also that was, they, that was a new territory to push. Like when we were talking about this originally, um, Pip, you know, we, we were saying this about... we, we you, you talked about this and you said you push America's... You, you prod America or England mm. and we start drawing our battle lines. Mm. Like, we will, because look at our, look at our heritage and there's that's whole hour, two-hour-long conversation. I mean, that was our reaction start, to the start, Paris attacks well, well, in many well, ways me, as well. To me, what I said to you as I was tucking myself up and falling asleep mm. that night... What does this mean? It doesn't... I'm not talking about the, the, the suffering of France. I was talking about what does this mean on the world platform and who are they trying to pull into the conflict? Mm-hmm. And and there we go. Here we go. This is the position we're in now. Arguing about whether or not we take military action now mm-hmm. as a part of what is now happening as a result of November's France attack as opposed to Charlie Hebdo's which is weird because back then we were England our heads were up our arse over who was going to run our country I mean it's worth highlighting that Charlie Hebdo attack was credited to Al-Qaeda and this attack was credited to Mm. ISIS it's easy for everyone to get on board and sweep this all under the same thing and we're attacking the same people that's different even on the on the extent of of reactions of bombing, that's that's different targets. Mm, yeah, but people true. don't want to hear that. They kind of want to just get them. Yeah, just true. get them. Yeah. Um, and it's a messed up thing. I, I, I saw a lot of things on Facebook, and particularly as we're having this huge a refugee crisis <laughs> at the moment of Syrians who are trying to get away from the same fucking people. Mm. The Syrians who are escaping ISIL and ISIS um, to try and come to these countries, and people saying oh, we shouldn't let them in. Because I don't care if there's only one terrorist in there. If, if we keep one out, then it's worth it. Which I think is the most backwards and ridiculous. That's not who we are as humans. That's not who we are as anything. Mm-hmm. It's the same argument could be said, look, in in history, well over 90% of serial killers have been men. Therefore, yeah, well over. Therefore, we should probably kill all men. Because if it stops one serial killer then it's worth it. And it's the same, but people saying that we should kill all the Muslims or keep yep. all the Muslims out. It's like, no, that's just a stupid, broad thing because that happens to be this religion at the moment that's, 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 that's having these uprisings. It's not, it's, 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 it's not all Muslims. It's not, no. it's not the Muslim <coughs> faith in general. No, no. But there's a, there's a balance as well, and I'm rambling on on my own a little bit here you're and not, having arguments not. with myself, but there's a balance. Um, I posted a really good um, piece that was a clip from a, a new sh- a sh- a show in America of a guy arguing the case of the Muslim faith and pointing out that in Turkey and in, in numerous different areas that are Muslim, there's not these terrorists, there's not, there's, there's civilization, there's, there's, there's females in government, there's all sorts of things like that. And I thought it was amazing. I was blown away by this guy just schooling people, just saying, no, it's these terrorists and we're as against them as you are, mm. if not more, because they, they've been killing in Syria for years. They've been doing this in Syria like, like, on, a, on a larger scale. Um, but someone else then posted a really good article um, 
that was breaking down was kind of a counter-argument to that and saying some of his points are accurate, some are skewed, and they were kind of saying we need a balance between this. We can't blindly defend the Muslim faith because there are still a lot of countries where Sharia rule and things like that, they're they're not right. The Sharia law and all this, it is is old, it's backwards, it's not a progressive, it's, it's... it, in, it includes all sorts of mutilation and repression and mm-hmm. horrible things. So, but it's a balance of the two. So, and that was interesting because my thing was, you're all overreacting. I know loads of Muslims who are lovely, but it was it was it was interesting to say, right, we can't. Then it's possible to go too far the other way and say, right, l- let's now ignore all the countries that do need to be brought or need to be encouraged to bring. F- forward into the modern times and not yeah. and not kind of live in this kind of this this olden olden version of the world so well, it's, no, it's they're, a complex they're, they're, complex they're, they're, subject yeah, it is really over. complex and one of the one a subject that i find really interesting is um is sweden someone who's had like open door policies for years and years and years yeah. Uh, they, they're the highest head per capita of letting refugees now, and they've got yeah. a fucking massive Muslim community. They've got no, no they've got no, um, and a thriving economy, like yes. one of the most mental economies in the yeah, world. Yeah, man, at the you, you go and have, you go and try and have a few beers over there, man. Yeah. It'll, it'll bankrupt you. <coughs> um, yeah. It appears that um, just just looking online that um, the, the the government has voted on airstrikes. Yeah, and again. Is it done now? Is it a done this thing? This is all recorded at so the beginning really of December, so yeah. by the time this comes out, we might have there might have been all sorts of, sh- of shit yeah. going down. Yeah, but. man, I I I probably picked up thirty sixty quid tonight in uh, in in driving junctions, listening to leading Brit- uh, LCB. Yeah. Uh, uh, Listening to the pros and cons against it, and you just saying that, Stu, is a, it's a huge thing. Today has been a huge day for me. Like thinking about whether or not we we bomb or we don't bomb uh, Syria is mm. to me is like reliving <clears throat> a few years ago and yeah. what we were doing with Iraq. Yeah, it, it scares really the up. shit out of me. And it's a similar thing. Um, a kind of um, a mate of mine, Rich Sandlin, did a, a Facebook post, something along the lines of. And we know there's some drug dealers in that block of flats. Do you know which house or which which flats? No, we don't. Well, let's go and knock on each door and punch them in the face because there's some drug dealers in there. But mm. aren't we going to punch a lot of other people? Yeah, but we're going to punch the drug dealers too. It's it's that's the most ridiculous thing ever. But that's essentially what we're saying and doing and saying. Yeah. Let's bomb. They're going to be in that area. And again, it's that. It's equally. Um, Rob Alton, a fantastic spoken word artist and, and comedian and all sorts, he had a one, he, he did a post saying, don't, like, we don't have the death penalty in England, right? Yeah. So what's the difference between hanging someone for their crime or bombing them and killing them yeah. for their crime or before their crime or outside, just because it's not in England? Like, we don't have the death penalty. So what, what going and bombing places, that's the death penalty. That's saying they have done this action, therefore they deserve to die. Right, then we need to change our law, because that means that we support the punishment of death, which is a fact I think, and I've never considered it like that. I've never thought of it like that. It's a huge, hugely 
amazing idea, yeah. and I think that not enough people look at it. I, I certainly haven't looked at it from that direction. It is the death penalty, isn't it? That's but, what, that's what yeah, we're saying. Well, yeah, we're saying we, you've done these terrorist acts, <coughs> not even in England, but again, that shouldn't be yeah, we'll, 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 thing we'll lock anyway. up. We'll lock up anyone else for indefinitely, but you, you get the special privilege of a, a drone attack. Yeah. That's outside of the media. A bomb right in your face. Right, right, stuck in there. Anyway, let's move on from that because we're not going to solve the problems and this might all be outdated. We might all be dead by the time this podcast comes oh, out. Man, hopefully. Christmas. Hope not. <laughs> um, so after that, we went on to, we went and saw the Bama Live event. Oh shit, we're still on the weekend. We're still on that weekend. How depressing a weekend is this? This is a weekend away with me and Pete. Fucking ups and downs, mate. Ups and downs. The Bama Bama event was great. Mate, it was heavy. It was a really good event and they put on a really good live show. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been to Bama in the past. I can't remember who I went with. I know I went with my brother and a few others. And This was like (laughs) five, six years ago. Yeah, And it wasn't impressive. It wasn't impressive. But they've really put on a show now. They've got the level of athletes up. To like uh, not not to UFC because the UFC would snap them up, but still to a high level. A, it was, a, a, good it level. was a high level. It was a, it was yeah. a different event to what we watched a, a good few years ago. Yeah, um, it was great. It was, yeah, I, it was, I was really, really impressed. Inter- entertaining with the production and the fights. Pretty and everything. well run as well. Um, and then we went back to the hotel to watch the Ronda Rousey card. So let's just get straight on to Ronda Rousey a losing. And this is what I was saying earlier with the, sh- the Showtime kick. This is why MMA is a sport that I will stay up till 5 or 6am to watch <laughs> live. Because the moment... Like, Ronda went into that invincible. Mm-hmm. Everyone she'd come up against, she had just blitzed. Like, just w- walked through. Yeah. The, the genuinely biggest challenge was still seen as Misha Tate, who she'd beaten twice. Yeah, yeah. But the reason she was that Misha was the big challenge was the first time she beat her in the first round, but the second time she beat her up for three rounds. And it's like, right, she still just smashed the shit out of her. So that was the, the level that she was at. So watching it live and seeing that, having that actual live moment of this is happening now, this yeah. is something unimaginable happening now, and also having the reaction on Twitter and social media and all that of like, Holy shit, that first round, yeah. Holly Holm came out and beat the brakes off Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of interest and debate about it. Um, there was a, a lot of talk of Ronda's corner and a lot of people hating um, on Ronda's corner. And quite rightfully, I think, Edwin, it's, it's tough. And, it, and Dana touched on this, and it's similar to what we were saying, I don't know how many episodes ago, of Anderson Silver, of uh, when he got caught by a wide man. If he... <coughs> Gone out there and had his hands down and dodged and then knocked him out. Yeah. It'd be a highlight reel forever. Because yeah. he had his hands down and dodged and then got caught. He's fucked up, he's silly. Yeah. It's similar with Ronda. Everyone was saying the coaching was terrible, the plan was terrible. Every other fight she's run out and just run at people and smashed Steam them up. Steamrolled them. And it's been amazing. So it's harsh to have this undefeated, unbeatable creature and then as soon as she loses, it's all the coach's fault. They're idiots. Do you know what I mean? No one was saying the coaches were masterminds before. They're like, no, Ronda's unbeatable. <coughs> but I do think, I do think um, after the, the first round, before the second, you know, after the first round, the, the coach should have addressed the situation. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. And, I agree completely. And, and, and that said, was, you, you might need to rethink this. That was the major problem. She, she, she had that first round. And again... Um, she was blowing. She was, she was gassed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing was... Do you remember was, what these coaches were saying well, the to fact Ronda? is... Edmund said something on the lines of like beautiful or something like that. Yeah, tell, yeah exactly. Yeah. I tell you what, if, if you guys had come back into the corner, yeah, I'd literally start I mean, pissing. Again, 
just on that coaching front to counter that again I, I, I agree that in the, the second round is where it, sh- it should have changed but in general the first round the problem because Holly Holm hasn't and again we need to highlight this Holly Holm hasn't looked good in the no, UFC no. she has not looked good she has she has got through her first yeah. two fights um, but that was because she struggled to close distances and yep. struggled to get so she's 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 won nice a nice little decisions but hasn't really looked how she looked then the fact is, her problem has been closing distances, and Ronda's tactic was to come out and get right in her face, yeah. which then allowed her to counter punch. Ronda's and, tactic and, and, and was hit, to, to wear down her fists with yeah, her face. With her face, exactly. So that was a bad tactic to start with. But again, if she's been this unbeatable thing, you can understand a bit of arrogance or whatever else. So you're completely right. They went to the corner, and Edmund said, That's perfect. You're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. And that's where it's like, Right, that's kind of. Potentially unforgivable to be telling it to, to have no, your fighter so outclassed, technically game plan everything, and just go keep doing. Do you know what? what? You're doing. Do you know? What? I just I just had a go and just said that was that was terrible, and you should have pissed on her for for that. But the thing is, he's got like he's got one minute to talk to her, and he communicated. It was the wrong communication. It was really, the whether wrong or not communication. whether or not he he meant to say something else or put her in a different state of mind, he just right. didn't. Because when when we were listening to it, he was going, "Hey man, you're fine." We were like, mm. "What, man? You, you were just getting Let's punched in the right, face though, a lot." Like, more than more than any coach or anything, Ronda would have realised first and foremost that it's not working. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's but tough the fear, when you're in it. The fear, when you're yeah, in the but the fear. I, I don't know, know if I remember seeing the fear in the first or second round, but I saw it in her eyes at some point. When she's running after her and was blowing out of her ass, you, you've got to wonder. I'm chasing, I'm chasing, I'm chasing. My opponent has barely broke a sweat. Mm. Her footwork's incredible. Yeah, and she's. She's pivoting off with jabs every time she comes in, and, yeah. and, and yeah, fucking yeah, right yeah. hands, and that's and straight that is, right. That is yeah, exactly right. what the person Beautiful. outside of the cage should have been able to see and comment on. I can yeah. completely understand the person in the cage getting beaten up for the first time, yeah. getting punched repeatedly, might not have the time to think this is wrong or this isn't working. Do you know what I mean? I can also, see that for Ronda that, not thinking that, but I can't that see it. Rage, man! Like you know what? What, what has put Ronda on that map? I know. I think what makes a fighter. We've we spoke about this a lot over the last twelve fucking thousand episodes. Yeah. Is what makes a fighter's grit is that raw. Yeah. And you could see that in Ronda every time she yeah. turned to it. That was that fighter spirit. It wasn't that like <clears throat> Joe Calzaghe. Let's it's, play points. It was like <clears throat> I'm going to fucking tear your fucking it's, head it's off. Interesting because judo. And again, for people who don't know, Ronda is a judo Olympic a medalist. A silver medalist, I think, or bronze yeah, was it? Bronze. Um, judo has never done great in MMA. Yeah, it was a Parisian for a bit, but it's never done great. So you have to start to wonder: is was it her grit and athleticism against a women's division that was scared of her, or wasn't at that at that, that level that was making it, right, it work? As you said earlier, you know, um, the, the mental game. Yeah, you know, just you know. Gets in their head, and and my God, that that's a big opponent to, to walk in the, the you know getting the octagon with because yeah. she's you know she's larger than life, isn't she? Yeah. She's a superstar, and and yeah. you, you know you can watch her her whole career in a fucking highlight reel. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, yeah, mental. yeah, yeah. it's mental. She spent more time in the cage with Misha Tate than she has with all of her other opponents combined. Yeah. 
which is mental. That's how much yeah. smash it. But I that, need to that, give that a, a quick mention. Home, this. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, totally but also, again, it's the tactical side of it as well. I don't see, like, a lot of people are like, oh, she's done then, that's it. I don't see that. I think she could get... I don't see that. <laughs> she can have new tactics. She's she's someone who's a proper high-level athlete, so she can come out that's of it, right. yeah. But I, I, I do need to give shouts to, to, to Jack Slack, who's an amazing MMA writer and commentator. I think I sent, or I played yeah, it to you, and I sent it to you. That's your man who he went to watch it with. What? Give some shouts out to your to boy. To Sam, to Sam, Sam Marshall, exactly, who, yeah, who, yeah. Who, who sent me the Jack Slack stuff. Yeah, um, amazing. Stop, Sam. It's amazing. His his break originally it was the day before. It was in Sunderland that I was watching a breakdown of of Connor and why this guy was saying he could win everything because of his different his variations. Yeah. Um, but he wrote a year ago. <clears throat> he wrote a breakdown of Ronda and d- detailed exactly how to beat her, and it's literally step by step yeah, what happened with Holly Holm. Um, a year later, a year later, and that's yeah. that's three opponents. Yeah, a, a later, that's three opponents who you, yeah. you think. Imagine if they just read that blog. I know it's not that simple. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, be a high yeah, level yeah, striker yeah. and all this, but that's kind of amazing. So I recommend mm. everyone check that guy out. Um, is that kind of everything for November? I think it is. Have you got anything, Chris? Because we can move on to December and, and everything everything going forward. Yeah, I think we've covered. Well, I'm glad I waited for that. So, December. Um, <laughs> so, this, annoyingly, will come out after the biggest three days of fights ever. Um, and my phone's just died, but I don't even need my phone. On the 10th of December, we've got Paige Van Sant against, against a Rose, which <coughs> is amazing. That's, that's a hell of a scrap. And to be honest, it's a better scrap than against JoJo, because JoJo has looked up and down... Yep. On and off. So a rose Who's looks like she's on the a tell that um, JoJo fought in Scotland. Um, yep, she's on 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 the card as well and and looking amazing. I can't think who she's against. Yeah. No, no, she fought on the on, on last, weekend. last weekend. Last weekend. Last weekend and smashed it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the in in in, in the card in 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 um, Seoul. Seoul. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely smashed it and looked and looked. Oh, actually, I'm trying to think if she. It was a great scrap. It was yeah. a good good back and forth. One of the best fights I've seen um, of women in, in in that weight class. So you've got that fight, and then the next day, I mean, on the undercard, you've got Sage Northcutt and numerous other amazing people. Um, which day is it? On the next day, you've then Mendes got Mendez v Frankie, but you've also got B- Barboza against Tony Ferguson. Nice. Which is a hell of a scrap. Tony Ferguson. Mm. S- since the Ultimate Fighter has just looked yeah, 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 like a different yeah, yeah, yeah. beast. On the Ultimate Fighter, I swear he was a bit of a boxer. Yeah. I swear that was it. He was a bit of a boxer. And now he's just... I don't know what he's doing on his feet. It's some yeah. crazy... Just He'll throw anything. And then on the ground, he's, yeah. he's a 10th planet guy with Eddie Bravo and Ben Saunders and all these. And a beast. As that's good. But Frankie Mendes is is a great scrap too. Frankie had the, the Ch- Chad Mendes. Who is you picking? Um, uh, it's really hard to say. I don't do picks often anymore, as you know. But I think I'm picking Frankie. But I don't know if that's just because the next it's basically seeing who's going to fight Aldo or McGregor, yeah. who have both beaten a Mendes. Yeah, I know yeah, it wasn't yeah, on a full yeah, camp yeah, against yeah, yeah, against yeah. Um, a McGregor, but I don't know. Frankie feels like I don't know. I, I, it's hard to call. Yeah, I think Frankie is that bit smaller, maybe. So it yeah. might be a, a struggle. I, I rate Mendes hugely. Yeah, I think. As you said earlier on one of the podcasts, he might have given McGregor more yeah. trouble than Aldo will. But let's think, get hmm, go on. Do you think Frankie? Do you think Frankie Edgar would beat Conor McGregor? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's so tough because of that. 
uncountable fight yeah, yeah, because yeah. both of them weren't prepared for what they were going in for. Yeah. Frankie beat Mendes, <clears throat> who's as good a wrestler as anyone, yeah. but it wasn't on a full yeah, full yeah. camp and a blah blah blah. So it's it's a question mark. I think if I think if Connor beats Aldo, I think Connor is champ for a while because I think part of his strength is confidence, is believing the hype that he makes for himself. And I think yeah. if he smashes Aldo in the way he's claiming he's going to, he will. If confidence is his strength, he's yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, invincible. Yeah. You know that's that's the biggest the biggest bump. Also on that card is. Um, who do you see as the underdog, Aldo McGregor? There really isn't one. There really isn't one now. There was previously, Al- and McGregor was the underdog. But then Aldo <laughs> pulled out and McGregor beat Mendes. N- now they're both coming in with the belts. It's the in- so you don't, you it's don't the see champ- either as the underdog? No. It's the so who champ- do you see as the winner? Um, I, I think, and this is partly off of that a Jack Slackbait a breakdown. I think McGregor... I'm, I'm, I'm buying into the hype. I think he's got the variation and the switches. He's he, he's got more gears to go through, whereas Aldo, I think, has got what Aldo does. But if that doesn't work, I don't think I don't he's got think much of a plan Aldo's B. Aldo's got grit. No. I and mean, I, we saw I think when, it comes down who to Who was it against... Was it Hodong? The, the one that had his whole head blown up in this massive... Oh, yeah. It's, it's really bad. I remember in that one that Aldo was all over him. Yeah. And then... He figured him out, and Aldo just didn't know what to do. He yeah. won still, but he didn't. He didn't seem to have a right. Yeah. That stopped working. Now I'll switch oh, to something I'll else. It seems to be here's my yeah. here's my thing. And whereas it feels McGregor again, it's tough because he's been submitted. But that's 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 long ago. So yeah, you that don't was know. long ago. But uh, I mean, Aldo isn't isn't Mister Submission. So no. I don't know. I think McGregor's footwork. He's got inexplicable power. Is is is. His gloves just seem to have to touch to to put put people down. So I reckon I'm I reckon McGregor. All these are pointless conversations because these are conversations about fights that have already happened when yeah, this yeah, goes yeah, out. Yeah. Um, so let's jump f- forward a bit, and this might have already happened as well. Yeah, it's before the end of the year still, but we got Come Cerrone down. the um, Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos, yeah. What do you reckon on that? Um, yeah, amazing. Um, I'll. How how great is is it as well, Cerrone been this last year or he's, two? He's, he's, year or two, man. Man, you you showed me his win loss record. Yeah, for the last three years, and I said to you, that's all his losses. Three. He's yeah. been really like, exciting, yeah. really exciting to watch. Man, this that's year. a fucking right. that's a brawler, right? and just constantly up for fights and constantly just like yeah, cool, just really casual about it, and and, and no big. Hype or, or mystique, just like yeah, I'm up for it. Let's have a yeah. let's go and do it. It's, it's, what, think, it's my job. Um, it's my job. I do think it was tight against Henderson. Yeah, it was, it was very close. I, I was in many ways, I was glad Cerrone won because it's yeah, a better yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going, it's going somewhere more exciting. Um, he's when he whipped um, Miles Jury. Miles Jury is his ass kicks. Oh mate, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and. I'm not a fan of jury. I was quite happy to see that. Was, uh... what, what do you think on in the new year? Hopefully, we can try and talk about a fight that's to come rather than ones that have happened already. Well, when, yeah, when this thing goes out, twelve. Um, oh, we got Condit Lawler. A, a Condit Lawler. I think yeah. that's exciting. Would you reckon yeah, on that? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. might have happened, but yeah, yeah, great I, fight. I mean, I think I, I love Lawler. I'm just yeah. the biggest. Uh, Lawler yeah. was the fir- on the first card I ever saw. He he yeah. put a hole in Tiki's head. Yeah. Um, and that was years and years ago, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I've been obsessed so with him like, since. So it's been so good seeing his. It's great that Olofsky's having a bit of a rise yeah. as well because yeah, like, yeah, they man. were my two early on, and it's like, yeah. man, we could, 
have them, them both as champs. Uh, and, and, and again, I think... Couture, Yeah, I think Verdum is a very beatable champ. Yeah. So I don't think it's unrealistic that Olofsky could be... It was, was different when Kane was champ and seeming this beast yeah. of cardio. But yeah, everyone seems beatable in that way. Class now. But yeah, I'm on Lawler just because I think he's he's in a different I, I, I zone agree. at the moment. Plus our, plus our heart is Lawler, right? Yeah, exactly. But you've also got a massive fight of... Um, Dominic Cruz yeah, versus TJ. Uh, TJ Dillashaw, which is great. I think it's a great one. And there was a really interesting... God, evolution um, footwork in that fight. There's, there's a great guy also called Robin Black who does post-fight breakdowns and pre-fight breakdowns. And he's now doing them for the UFC. He's fantastic. He was actually on, on Joe Rogan's podcast literally moments before me because Joe did two in a row. Who would do six hours of podcasting? That's what crazy. What idiot would do that? Retarded. What idiot would Sonic do that? Attack. This is us now. Um, but yeah, so he, he he gave a really good description on the Chow Sonnen podcast where he said, um, and this is a great, and, and, and you'll like this, this comparison, Chris, because he was saying that, he said, have you seen The Fly? So in The mm. Fly, when he's first... Testing his machine for teleportation, he puts a burger in there, yeah, and he, he makes another one, and he bites into it, and it tastes disgusting because it's a computer's interpretation of what a burger would taste yeah. like. And he said, Delashaw, as amazing as he is, he's drilled this and learnt this. His footwork, his movements—they're what he's learnt and drilled. Yeah, Whereas yeah, for Cruz, yeah, yeah. that's his natural movement. Yeah. So, yeah. Delashaw, if this isn't working, can move to this. If this isn't working, can move to this. But there's a limit, it becomes a circle. Whereas Cruz, that's his natural movements, that's his natural, in any mm. situation, he can use that footwork and adapt. And So he was saying that he thinks Cruz is going to come in and destroy him. And, and it's interesting, because I was more, I was on Dillashaw, I think Dillashaw's just looked amazing, and I yeah. think he's improved every fight, really. Just yeah. just looks just looks next level. But again, a lot of argument over Ronda's loss was all the turmoil in her camp was the fact that yeah, her mum yeah, had spoken yeah, yeah. out against Edmund her coach the fact that she'd yeah. started seeing Travis Brown who was just coming out of a domestic of, yeah. of, a violence hmm. controversy yeah. with his ex-wife so or his ex-girlfriend so a lot of stuff going on Dillashaw's doing the same he's just changed camps he's had all yeah. these arguments all back and forth Faber. with Faber yeah. so it's kind of there's there's a lot to say that Cruz coming into it pent up and out of years yeah, of waiting yeah, 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 could yeah. could have a lot of advice I'd, like I'd like to see it it's certainly an interesting one well let's uh, let's wrap things up now as everyone's a bit tired and boozy and we're losing our energy um, let's wrap things up with what have, have you got any plans for this year's New Year's or Christmas anything exciting going down um, I'm looking forward to the new Star Wars movie Ooh. that's what I, I want to say that's um, going to be I'm out gonna, when this I'm one comes out at, but how yeah, exciting exactly. is that going to be looking at, looking at that in uh, the IMAX in Leicester Square and that's where anyone should look at for to watch any really good visually stunning have movie have you been to the, the BFI IMAX on the South Bank uh, no it's a beast yes I have it's a beast. actually yes it's a I have beast. yes huge it's a huge beast I love it round yeah you should go watch that in that I can't wait for that for December yeah. um, what it's else exciting, do you, you I'm Anything? going to I'm going to mention and I give I've not given this a, sh- a shout out since I've had the podcast but I've rambled to it to both of you probably before there's a thing called Slava's Snow Show and Slava is an old Russian clown which sounds boring as fuck. It comes over... I've been to see it three or four times now. Every time it comes over, I see it. It's He's a clown from the days when clowning was genuinely respected with theatre and poetry and stuff like that. And it's it's the best thing I've ever seen live. 
you know, it's better than any gigs. Ever. It's the most, yeah, completely. And I've seen it three times now, and I'll see it like when this comes out. I would have seen it four times. It's on the South Bank, I think, until mid January. So hopefully this will be out by then. But yeah, I can't recommend that enough. It's this. Okay. It's the most amazing thing. There's the beautiful thing is you'll go there and you'll see guys there on a date. You'll see old people there. You'll see kids there. And there's points in the show where you look around and everyone is reduced to the glee of a five-year-old. Oh, it's one amazing. of those beautiful things. Everyone trying to play it cool. There's certain moments that... And because I've seen it a few times, the first couple of times, I'm just... I'm lost in that glee. And because I've seen it a few times now, there's points where I can just have a look around and just take in... Particular, I said it's particularly music all those, with people all those laughing trying to be cool on couples yeah. or whatever, just trying to play it cool on dates. It's just... Oh, it's amazing. But yeah, Slava right, Social, cool. I recommend nice, that. Nice, nice. Oh, so you got have, you, have you got any, any club any, night schedules? Any, anywhere where it reduces the crowd to laughing five-year-olds. <laughs> you, can you top that? No, <laughs> Without a beard, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, as, as I said at the, the, the first of these, I'm, I'm having New Year's Eve off. Yeah. I'm going to have a, a little gathering around here. Um, Thanks for the invite. Is that, is that yeah, man, I haven't been invited. I've invited you so many times to do things on New Year's Eve, you grumpy bastard. Oh, yeah, I'm not interested at yeah, all. Yeah. I, no, and, and again, it's not grumpiness. I love New Year's Eve, but I love watching what a film. What annoys me is he's inviting you. He's not inviting me, man. No, 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 you that's definitely. No, neither no. of us are inviting you. No. I remember no. it was last year or the year before that you genuinely texted me going, dude, I found this deal, New Year's, v- Vegas. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> have we met Chris so can I introduce myself do you know the, how many years yeah, I've sat at home on my yeah, own we've and how much, the, for how 15, much the polar opposite years. of staying at home on my own and watching a film is Vegas <laughs> are you going to stay at home or do you fancy just I mean just one or the other stay at home watch a film or come to Vegas I, for New Year's I was Year's just Eve. thinking he hadn't been given the white <laughs> offer <laughs> Yeah, still um, haven't, still haven't, ladies and gentlemen. Still haven't, never will. Fingers crossed for a Savage Garden reunion. Still, still holding that for that next year. That'd be a hell of a night. Oh, to the moon and back, my friend, to the moon and back. Um, and my mum and dad both really uh, loved Savage Garden for a bit. Really? That's my, let's get emotional. <laughs> that was my last memory of them kind of, there was a song that they were both into and it was my last memory before they split up. So when they were still... Claw, they tried to claw onto their relationship through through Savage Garden. That's why it ended. That's fucking depressing. But you can tune into the birthday special of the Distraction Pieces podcast. Up. Chris, I'm trying to do a plug for fuck's sake. Stop mumbling as you're swigging beer going, oh, fucking yeah, don't fuck <laughs> switch it up. A buddy who produced this, turn Chris's mic down for this bit. Uh, but yeah, you can listen to the birthday special of the Distraction Pieces podcast where I interview both my mum and my dad about their divorce and the fact that it was such a positive choice and positive move in their lives and taking their taboo away from divorce or separation. So, Alternatively, go to the castle man and watch a tribute act called Savage Hard On. <laughs> <laughs> where, where Chris and Stu will be with their mic stand up. It's <laughs> a good name for a band. That's a great name. For a band, well, Savage Hard on Savage Hard on my still <laughs> again, as we we can get have the excuse of drunkness. I don't think I've sold this on the podcast, but still my favorite name for a band. Or oh, you were in a band called A Serious Problem for a long yeah. time, Stuart. Oh, man, that's a an classic, amazing band offensive name. band yeah. that that said horrible stuff on yep. stage. Yep, what was your top? Your top topic, your most offensive song? Uh, Morning Wood. Morning Wood, just classic, just classic. Um, but I remember seeing a band, I never saw them, but I always saw the flyers for them in Romford. 
And this might be out around Christmas or New Year, so it's good to be positive. So I'll end on this. But they were just... I never saw them live, but I always wondered what they were like. And they were just called Sticky Back Spastics. That's amazing, as far as the name goes. <sighs> Good name. It's beautiful. You couldn't get away with it these days. Do you think them oh. as a band went any further than, oh, God, it's a great name? No, I don't think so. Were you, were you involved it, yeah. with a band called, was it The Trees? Trees or something? No. It's a band that some of the Lilo lot did, which you were in with. What was it? Was it Trees or something like that? It was a band Ched. after... No, I don't know. There was a band after <laughs> Lilo and that. Ched. and Cedar. I don't know. No, I thought it was trees. <laughs> yeah, something. Anyway, it's, it's, it's not very interesting, but uh, what you said there, I literally had a band for that got booked around Essex and all we had was a name. We'd actually... I met up and practice a couple of times and we were meant to play the Lunar Club. Supporting, what, ass. Yep, I was going to get to that. Oh, Cheers, for the sport. Cheers, Chris, for, for, for smashing the story. Um, <laughs> but no, 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 we were booked and I was, I, was, I, was, I was really into Malcolm McLaren at that time. I was all about the hype. So I'd got some news stories in the Gazette and stuff like that and booked some gigs and not turned up. And we were meant to play at the Lunar Club in Stamford and uh, it was supporting... Some band that was something to do with either Lilo or one of the bands that were about to be the big band right. in Essex, um, and we were supporting, and we were called Lardass, and that's just all we got booked off the back of. I knew the bassist, who was the only other member of the band, really was in America at the time on holiday, so we had no intention of ever turning up. That was the week that the Lunar Club closed because they had three people turn up, I think, and um, the band had five members, so there was more people on stage than than in the crowd. I miss Lardass. Where them guys? They're a oh, good band. Fuck you guys. I, I wrote lyrics for Lardos. Did you? Two lyrics. Everyone's two lines. I've been in Lardos. Tom was in Lardos at one point. Tom was Andy. totally in Lardos. We all thought we were in Lardos. I, I, I charmed all the boys yeah. by letting them join my band. <laughs> that didn't exist. That's no, it didn't exist. God, this is a bad ending to fucking five episodes of podcasts, <laughs> isn't it? Anything anyone wants to share? What's, what's, what, where can people keep up to date on Redshift and... Let's try and make this a fucking ending. Okay. Jesus. Um, um, all right, sorry. Um, we've drunk. Don't open no, your you laptop have. again. You have. Stu's had two so, beers. So, come to WWWF. <laughs> 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 uh, that's it. No, go there. com. Re- go to redshiftrebels.com. It's, uh, it's worth a look. There's some great snapbacks, hats. Get yourself a nice beanie because it's winter. Chris is currently wearing two redshift... Re- he's wearing a yeah, T-shirt am, and actually. a hat. thank you. And we'll do the Polaroid. I, I was going to do a Polaroid for each episode, but I don't think I want to spend... No, Polaroids that. cost a fortune each picture. I'm not going to spend on fucking five yeah, pictures. Yeah, don't blame you. But yeah, yeah anyway. Yeah, I, I look good in them, though. <sighs> Let's put this shit to an end thank you very much for can tuning I, in I plug something yeah plug something mate we are lizards it's a club night Fucking I do right with, uh, with, uh, with these screw with Pip and, and Chris Glasson and Destruction Wait. and Push Music and uh, we are in Birmingham in, we're in Birmingham on January, January 30th, 30th um, Saturday at the Hare and Hounds Hare and Hounds get involved in that that's um, our comeback show because we've had a few months off now to kind of do other stuff so yep, that'd be a good yeah. comeback at the end of January loads of new tunes the, the first payday of the year yeah we've had some we've had some great parties at the Hair and Hands um, really have people up there know how to party 
Um, and then in February we return to the the, the, the birthplace of it and our, and our home, which is uh, the, the book, book club, club in uh, Lennon Street in Shoreditch. And we've got a hell of a guest to come back with, Mr. Hugh Stevens, yeah, yeah. former Distraction Pieces guest, also legend of Radio One and everyone else. So Absolutely. that's exciting. And he's, it's the first time we've had uh, we've had Hugh. There's been about five times I think we've tried that's to right. get him in yep. and it hasn't worked yep. out. So hugely excited to have, no, that's gonna be have great. Hugh at the book club in February. And in the so, meantime, uh, if you like good music, come to the Pink Toothbrush in Rayleigh. Here's some uh, some indie alternative bangers. I mean, I mean, if you're within twenty minutes or so of it, I'd say thirty pro- probably minutes. Thirty minutes. Let's call it thirty minutes. Probably not worth the cab fare if it's more than that. No, fuck that, man. Forty-five minutes cab fare. Really? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'd go that far. All right, Donald Trump. I'll be shot over there. All right, let's, if, if you're 45 minutes away, contact the guys at Redshift Rebels and they'll put a limo on for you. And they will the ship pass, you... The password's free cheese. The pink because there's brush. too many people claiming free cheese on our on our website for, because of you. That's still a discount code, yeah, right? Yeah, it is, and it's costing us money. Man. Well, you've just plugged it again, so that's good. Enter free cheese and get money off at redshiftrebels.com. <laughs> on that bombshell, thank you for tuning in. If you could bother to get through five episodes of us drunk idiots talking nonsense but also genuinely a thank you to everyone who's been supporting throughout the year and everyone who's been coming to see us guys and supporting us at the book club and at all the different places that we've done Mm -hmm. the club night thank you very much this has been Christopher Glasson yo Stuart Whiffin au revoir and my name is Scroobius Pips see you next week bye peace Scrooge Pits, the Scratch Jumpies.